Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to the IGN UK podcast. It's me, Simon Cardi, with Dale Driver. Hey, hey. Hello. Jesse Gomez. What's up? Oh, Hello. Oh, that's embarrassing, wasn't <laughs> yeah. it? Please don't do that at the live yo, IGN yo. UK podcast. Be yourself, Jesse. Yeah. Hey, right. how's it going, guys? There we <laughs> that's go. That's better. Like do that. Do that at the live IGN UK podcast <laughs> in two weeks. Tickets still available. Details in the description of this episode, and if you just search IGN UK Podcast 2022, it'll pop up. Um, tickets are selling. Get one yeah. while you can. Come. Come. <laughs> That's all I need. We'd love to Over, see. Come. Over two-thirds sold now. So, yeah. uh, you know, get them while they're hot. We'd love to see all, all your beautiful faces. Exactly. Right. Um, especially as Twitter's exploding. So, you know, it's just, you won't be able to see or hear much from us uh, apart from this podcast you know um jesse you've decided to do some criminal things in the last day it's like the last days of rome (laughs) last days of twitter instead you decided to um tell everyone that some absolute just what what you're referring to bars are good Uh, what are you referring to do you know what we've got to bring this up i know it annoys you dale because i know jesse's doing it just to annoy people but also i don't think he does have a personal opinion on what is good chocolate so i do genuinely want to know what is a good chocolate i posted my tier list yeah but i don't believe it is a definitive tier list you had a picnic in the god tier yeah but you're a a gimmick jesse you're like the fact do you know what exposure is a gimmick is the fact that you were saying bounties were like the highest tier possible i love don't get me wrong People can like bounties. Nobody yeah. loves bounties. I, I love mad. bounties. Twix, I, I Twix, love mate. No one's picking a Twix. It's no, fine. no one is picking a Mars bar. If you open yes, like, a, if you open yeah. a box of celebrations, you're They've not going to yes, immediately like die yes. for them. Yes, then, they are. You I'm don't sorry, know enough people. You haven't done enough research. You're a fool. Mars are all, Mars are the ones people want. Bounties Mars, are the one that are always left at the game. Mars are shite. I'm just saying now. This is very anecdotal research, what you're throwing out here. I bet I estimate your research pool is about 10 people max. Whereas, didn't they announce recently they are actually taking bounties out of those boxes because people don't eat them? It doesn't matter because it's my opinion. No, but hang on. A minute ago, you were just stating it as fact because you said unanimously everybody does this. I'm saying I love love Uh, bounties. You know what? All this talk is making me really hungry. So I'm just going to yeah. crack open a Mars bar right now. I can't believe you'll purposely buy a Mars bar for this fucking podcast. It's such oh, a shit chocolate. It's so oh. delicious. Do you know what it's I so crap. This, do you know what I had before this podcast? Uh, the brand new Lotus Biscoff Kit Kat Chunky. Oh, they're oh, good. that's a delight. That sounds good. That's better than a Mars bar. dripping off his beard. I can't stop eating this Mars bar, mate. It's so delicious. Mars is so <laughs> shy. I can't believe anyone would go for a Mars bar first in terms of celebrations. But why is it about... It's not the best one in there. Yeah. The Malteser one is the best. I like yeah, Maltesers yeah, but that, that's what I'm saying. Tier. That's why I said no one is objectively aiming for the Mars bar first. I think they are. Like, mm. I think some people are. But also, that's not the point. You you are doing the binary. It's either <laughs> the worst thing ever or the best thing ever. Can it be a good chocolate bar? 
I said, are the, I said in Twitter, <laughs> is it one of the worst? I didn't say it is the worst, just like I didn't say it's smart. But it's not one best. of the worst, is it? It's not, it is not even in the lower 50%. It definitely is. I love how passionate we are about all this, but when it gets to like Wakanda Forever, we'll be like, uh, middling yeah. thoughts. You had, um, <laughs> I mean, I'm just revisiting this one more time. Yeah. In the God tier, you had <laughs> Twix, Bounty, which I don't mind. To me, they're mid tier. They're fine. Mm-hmm. Fudge. I love a fudge. Fudge but that's right. not actual fudge. It's like chalky fudge. That's not good nah, fudge. Nah, it tastes good to me. Okay. And then Picnic. I mean, what's that? Picnic's about? banging. Oh, no, then. I don't think I've ever had one because I've got nuts in, but still. So you're a coward. <laughs> I don't like nuts. Look, if you're asking me, you've got it kind of right because, you know, you do have Double Decker as the tier below that. That is a god tier for me, a Double Decker. That is, that is brilliant that. stuff. Where's Crunchy? And just, you know what? I've I'm, said just, it, I'm what? not the biggest fan of Crunchy. I didn't include it on the list. What? Uh, Does that mean it doesn't even, like, It doesn't register. register. It doesn't, it doesn't register. register in my world. I don't need it. Fucking oh, oh, God. Um, stuff that Mars in your face. Up there. Enjoy that. <laughs> I've finished it now. Finished it. Delicious. If you're talking God tier, we are talking <laughs> Double Decker, Kinder Bueno, just Maltesers. Maltesers are always my favourite. And just a dairy milk. You can't go wrong with just a good dairy milk that's been in the fridge for a bit. Yeah. Oh, there we go. There we go. Um, <laughs> d- please don't write in about chocolate. We've, we did that about two years ago, I think. We're just doing it's it again. It's interesting that you didn't mention Mars on your God tier list. It's because I don't God-tier. think it's God tier. I think it's good. <laughs> it's not good. This is why we have a scale. We've just, been through this. <laughs> We've just been through this, Jess. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. Right. Good job. Oh. Oh, should we talk about some films and games? We could yeah. just do a chocolate special if we want. Um... Let's talk about Black Panther Wakanda forever. Mm-hmm. I still haven't seen this. What? I don't know when I'm going to find time to see this. I know you have, Dale. Mm-hmm. And I think you kind of echo a lot of what I've seen people say about this film, which is <clears throat> it's 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 all right. It's not great. I, uh, I think... Mm, I don't know if all right is the right word to describe because I'd say there's some things to like and there's some good stuff in it. Mm. But there's a lot of things I don't like as well. Mm. And it doesn't, but it doesn't feel like, it feels like it was just a few decisions away from being a good film. Yeah. We're not, um, we're not going to spoil it because I haven't seen it and I don't want to spoil it. But um, the one thing that did strike me about it is um, it's two hours 40. Yeah, it's fucking long. That that struck me. Like, without spoiling it in any way, how do they deal with the passing of Chadwick Boseman in, in a good way to it like a, like is it a delicate way it's done whether it's a good story or not they've, they've got yeah, it in yeah. the end uh, definitely delicate mm-hmm. and with hindsight uh, I guess so I had an idea in my mind of what they were going to do and they didn't completely do that but they did little bits of that so mm-hmm. I kind of felt like satisfied I guess that's, I mean, that's the wrong word to use but you know what I'm getting at um, so I think and I think it's touching the fact that so there's no CGI, okay. um, like like a Fast and Furious kind. No, of No, 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 nothing like that. Thank he's God. obviously he's obviously there, spoken about. There is CGI about, in the film. Yeah, yeah, there is CGI <laughs> in the film, just a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the um, but with the Chadwick stuff is like it's addressed up front, and uh, they do talk about him a lot. But he's also used as like a character motivator. His death mm-hmm. is used as a character motivator as well. Um, so yeah, I don't have any real problems with that. You know, they're dealing with the cards they were dealt, and I think they did it in a tasteful way. Um, so that's good. I also think I'm going to go through good stuff first, right? Okay. I mm-hmm. think uh, the idea for Namor, uh, I think, mm-hmm. is really cool. I really like the actor that plays Namor. I wouldn't even dare try and pronounce his name. Was it T- Tamor or something like that? I uh, I, uh, I don't know. I haven't seen it. No. <clears throat> uh, but he's a he's a fantastic actor, and I really like uh, the the idea for his backstory. 
Um, I'll get onto that in a little it's bit. It's just Tenoch Huerta, I think. I've oh, is that up. what it was? There we okay. go. Um, yeah. The, I, I've, I've never seen him in any, anything before. Has he got anything on his IMDb? He, I believe he was in something that I haven't seen. Okay. <laughs> let me look. Let me look. Anyway. This is great stuff. He was in Narcos Mexico and I've still ah, seen okay. any Narcos. Oh, and I have watched that, so you'd think I'd recognise it. But, uh, <laughs> but I think he's superb and I do think he's got a good future ahead of him as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah, what they've done with that character, how they've evolved it from the very silly comic book character that he's based on um, is really cool. And I really enjoyed that. Um, he, um, How much can I say about that character without spoiling it? Well, people, I think people know he is kind of, he is from the seas. Mm-hmm. So, yep. okay, yeah, I can, th- I can say that. So, yeah, he respects I mean, the sea. Yeah, he definitely respects, <laughs> oh, mate, does he respect the sea in this film. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's very, it's similarities to Aquaman, right? Uh, he, he doesn't live in Atlantis, but there is a under an underwater mm-hmm. city. Um, I think that part of it. I again, I like the idea of it. I think the execution. I didn't. I never got the sense when you were in that place. I never got the sense that it felt like a full, livable city. Mm. Like, um, especially when the threats of their army and how strong they potentially are. It never felt like I, I didn't see the evidence of that apart from when they're on the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, other things, I thought there was some really, really cool fight scenes. Uh, a couple with Okoye who uh, is just fantastic to watch there's this like um there's part of namor's race there's like a Mm -hmm. big warrior dude that she squares off with a couple of times those fights are spectacular especially one of them which is quite unique for a marvel movie where they square off and there's no music it's just the sound effects them fighting and it really it really registered because usually those things are just blaring with sound Mm. as well so it was that was a really cool experience um and overall i think some of the performances are really good angela bassett is like you've seen clips I mean, in the trailers brilliant yeah. yeah but you've seen clips in the trailers of her incredible mm-hmm. scene what she delivers um she is like really phenomenal in this film like so much so i was like i wouldn't be surprised if there was like supporting actor nominations coming in i think she's mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. superb interesting and yeah everyone else is pretty 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 good um in terms of the story i think it's like the ideas are okay uh but i think the Overall, what I think what lets this film down the most is just the execution of everything, almost except for those fight scenes. <laughs> like everything has good ideas and things I I like the sound of. Here's an example: when they're talking about Namor's backstory, it's very like clumsily delivered in a sort of a flashback sequence where he's narrating it, mm. and it breezes through it so quickly, almost in a way like Marvel have these rules these days where they don't really like to do backstory stuff anymore, and it felt like they were feeling that weight but they knew they had to do something. And I felt like it was quite a clumsy attempt at that. Um, but like I said, I like the concept of it. I just don't think it was executed well. Uh, I think it's very long, like you said, Cardi, and it's uh, the pacing is is not good in this film. So it, it comes to like dramatic halts all the time. Yeah. Like, I mean, this would be... I've seen like every what, MCU film in the cinema since, since God knows. I don't know. Probably since the first month before that. Like pretty much all the way back to since I don't know Winter Soldier. Like, right. th- if I don't go see this one in the cinema, like that probably does signal my my interest waning a little mm-hmm. bit. But I think partly knowing that they get this cadence now that this film probably I don't know if they've officially said it, but it's normally like what two months before they're on Disney Plus now. It's yeah. not long. Yeah, you can like. Wait. I'm tempted to wait. Like, do you think? Because especially working on an outside, it's hard to, to hard to avoid spoilers sometimes. Like. Is there big stuff in this film I'd want to see 
and I wouldn't want ruined for me. Mm. Like I said, I think some of my favourite stuff was, um, I mean, even if you like from the first film, if you love Wakanda and everything about yeah. the vibe and presentation, I don't think you get enough of that to that's new to justify mm. it. Um, mm. I do, like I said, I do think some of the fight scenes are spectacular and the performances are spectacular, but there's no reason to say that you wouldn't get that same experience. At home. Yeah, I'm, to- I'm probably more talking about like stories, but oh, okay. like story wise, so, um, I'd want I'd struggle for two months to avoid. That well, wanna... I mean, obviously, like the whole film was built on the premise of who is going to be Who's Black taking off the mantle, right? Yeah. So if you, if I don't you... consider that a huge spoiler personally because I know in my head it's probably one of a couple of people. Yeah, that, you know, it's not... and like you'll be right, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so like, yeah, I don't consider that a massive spoiler. There is a mid credit scene um, which mm-hmm. has sets up something for the future okay. but I also don't I'm think I'm not too worried about that because if that's not connected to the plot of the film too much then I'm just like it's a tease it's you know um, it's it kind of is trailer, it kind it? of is connected to the plot okay, of the film fair so um, but I also don't think it's worth going cinema just for that yeah, you know yeah. I think you'd be alright with it um, there is also what was I just going to say is it any other questions while I think of what I'm I just say? like yeah, I'm just try- I'm just struggling to find time for it. Well, it's not only because there's tons of work to do, but there's this little thing called the World Cup starting. You yeah, know, yeah. forget Neymar, we've got Neymar. You know <laughs> what I mean? Um, <laughs> for saving that one up for a few minutes. Um, <laughs> it is, it yeah. is um, a peculiar. Film. So there's also this other th- problem I think Marvel have as a whole now. They've mm. developed in the last couple of years, which is this necessity to get their television characters onto the big screen to yeah. like establish that there is a series or there's something coming from this character. In this case, it's... Well, there's two, actually. But the main offender for me is... Well, she's not the main offender. But Ironheart is in I this heard, film. I, well, I heard her stuff was pretty good. But... No. So, here's the clar- <laughs> clarity. She's good. I oh, like okay. her. She's I think she's better. quite like like enjoyable as a character. But she is so shoehorned into this film oh, I, yeah, I and I stays around imagine. when she doesn't need to hang around. Mm-hmm. There is also some bad... She's an offender of it, but there's also some other characters that I'm not going to say because it's spoilery. Yeah. There is some of the worst like costuming I've seen <laughs> in a Marvel film. And it's like it's Weird. Power Rangers level stuff. That sounds something. rad. How's yeah. Martin Freeman in this one? Is he up to, he he's up to his the, old tricks? <laughs> so he's the second one. So like him and... Uh, well, there's another character that kind of relate. Yeah. It's all related to Thunderbolts, basically. That's what I can tell. And um, all their stuff is does not need to be in this film whatsoever. You could watch that film, take out all the Martin Freeman scenes, and it would change almost nothing about the film. <laughs> Weird. Okay. Yeah, it's very strange. But it also feels Brilliant. like it's, it needs to be there to keep this cinematic universe going because they've got television mm-hmm. shows and other films based on this well, stuff. This well, is just... the end of the phase, I think. Like, it does feel like ultimately it has been a bit... Not re- it's been setting up bits here and there, but it has kind of felt a mm. bit fillery, hasn't it? It's yeah. kind of they've just been ticking it along. It's a shame because I haven't seen it yet. I can't cast judgment, but reference I'm hearing it's just nowhere near the impacts the first absolutely Black not. Had, which was like it's still one of my favourite MCU films, you... just because it felt so different. I think and just the look of it and the music in it, like it just yeah. looked brilliant and obviously Chadwick Boseman being excellent and it helped a lot like it was always going to be a struggle and it's kind of an un- unenviable position isn't it for Ryan Coogler who is a fantastic director I think like he's been he kind of has to do this film but balancing it with yeah you know the death of a friend is is just well, not an easy I thing think to do, is it? also when you've seen the film you can see on paper how this film would have looked with Chadwick mm-hmm. Boseman in it and I think it would have been a better film because of it and and that's like you know that's just that's that's the way things laid out. There was no solving that problem, you know. Obviously, 
more important things went on in life and they had to roll with it and they had to adjust on the fly and i yeah. commend them for you know for for what they have done and i mm. think like i said i think it's very respectful to his memory um in the 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 Marvel sting at the start of the film, you know, when it comes mm-hmm. up with a dun, 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 yeah. dun, does that with no sound and it's just got images of Chadwick Boseman. It's That's very cool. much a dedication to him mm. and it obviously dedicates it to him as well. So yeah, I think from that respect, it's it's very tastefully done. I just wish, like, I feel like if it was two hours 15 and they'd taken out all the Martin Freeman stuff and toned back some of the Ironheart stuff, I think it would have been a much, much, much better film. Oh, there we go. There we go. That is Dale's opinion of mm-hmm. Black Panther Wakanda forever we'll clip that out and put it out as a, cool. yeah. an official review somewhere <laughs> um, there we go I've been doing something completely different I've been delving into 16th century Bavaria because oh, uh, no. I've been playing a bit of Pentiment which was announced a little while ago um, came out this week so on Game Pass Xbox and PC and then surprisingly just out of nowhere getting well maybe not surprisingly because it's from Obsidian who are well known for making some good RPG games but much more, you know, action RPG games such as Fallout and uh, Alter mm. Worlds. They've made this sort of almost text adventure RPG called Pentiment, which is getting just really, really good reviews everywhere. I've played like the first three hours. I like it. I'm not quite on that same um, boat as a, like a 10 out of 10, yeah. but... Mm. I think this is very much the definition of an acquired taste game. Okay, <laughs> Like, it's a 15 to 20 hour text-based RPG basically. It's like a choose-your-own-adventure that has very light RPG elements like you're choosing your character's backstory you're kind of doing the persona thing of like you have this afternoon to do one thing what are you going to do with it? How are you going to spend that time? It's, like I said, you'll either be into this game or you'll completely (laughs) just turn it off after 10 minutes. So it's interesting because like I have not paid attention to this game coming out before yeah. because I looked at the visual style and I was like, not for me, immediately. But the 10 out of 10 yeah. flag and other people it scoring it really want... high makes me interested. Yeah, it's definitely something I'd recommend, especially if it's on Game Pass. Like, mm. It's something I'd recommend everyone try. I will say the first hour to an hour and a half is very slow. Oh, like, oh. it's like... <laughs> Dell's tuning out already. Yeah, it's not <laughs> the best introduction. It is what the game is. Yeah. It yeah. is... And we mentioned the art style. It's kind of like a old 16th century sort of like tapestry look to it. It's beautifully drawn. Mm-hmm. It's like really nicely animated. There's no like voice acting. There's hardly any music. It's a lot of just like, you know, sheep barring and okay. like birds and, and like <laughs> wind going through trees and farm noises. But And you're going to be reading a lot of text. But it's basically... Well, I suppose I should just say what it is. You are a 16th century artist called Andreas and you're working at this abbey in Bavaria in Germany and you're just kind of you're going about your... He's working on his masterpiece like in amongst, you know, making like reproducing books for the church. So like there's a, there's a hefty amount of God taught. There's a lot of theology going on in this game. Like it's like... You know what Disco Elysium did for politics? This is kind yeah. of doing for theology in a way. Okay. There's a lot of talk about like the church. There's a lot of talk. If you know about um, Martin Luther and what he was doing in those days, not Martin Luther King, the original Martin Luther <laughs> in, uh, in Germany <laughs> in 1522, I think. Right. Um, it's kind of, if you're into that period of history, like I love my history. This is never a period, though, that really mm. has interested me. Like I'm into like 18th. 19th 20th yeah. century like this is a bit or ancient this this kind of like middle ground like almost late medieval is never really an era that interests no. me too much yeah 
Is there contrast in views in terms of religion? In the game? Yeah. Yeah, so there's kind of that's like there's some debate about like oh is the church all too powerful you know right. should okay. stuff like that like your character and you can kind of build your character how you want his backstory could be he's a heavily religious man who studied you know re- like theology at university or he could you can choose him to be a hedonist like I did who nice. studied Latin and law and stuff <laughs> like that and like so you, that's like where a lot of the RPG stuff comes in and that kind of comes in in clever ways so like let's say you picked someone who studied Latin you might pick up a book that's in Latin and you can translate a passage of it and that may come in use like reading that may come in use later mm-hmm. or it may help you in a conversation there's not I'm three hours in and I will say like it works on like a day a day schedule so you have like your morning your afternoon your evening to do what you want yeah the first day is quite scripted you know there's not really much choice to be made it's kind of just setting up where you are and who you're talking to it probably could have been cut in half because it does take like the best part of an hour and a half to get through that first day and like meet everyone in this town and this abbey and everyone. But then the second day, the inciting incident of the game basically happens and that's where fundamentally this game becomes a detective game mm. and you're trying to work out what has happened. And that's when you can decide, you know, in the afternoon after this thing has happened, you've got four different people you could speak to, but you can only talk to one of them that afternoon. Which one do you prioritise and talk to first? So that's where the game comes into it and i'm like at the end of that second day now and i'm enjoying it much more that first day was a bit of a slog but i feel like now i'm getting properly into it and okay i don't know if fun's the right word it's 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 kind of semi relaxing but also really engaging mm. in the brain it's like a weird combination from, of things from what you've played is your character still learning things because i only had the chance to check out like maybe the first 20 minutes so i chose a character who specialized in you know um, being able to speak French and stuff like that and all mm-hmm. these other little different bits but I don't know from your experience if your character still extends being able to learn after that point what like to, oh, what learning new things after yeah that. yeah I haven't had that yet I've only had like three or four backstory choices mm. so far um, I haven't obviously as it gets like it's a long game like I said I think 15 to 20 hours to finish yeah but um I don't know how much more that develops. I will say it's worth giving a go just because it is so distinct. Like, it's like yeah. not really. It's one of those things where you play and you're like, I've not really played anything like this I in a long time or if ever. I don't know if you said it earlier, but it is like a detective story, right? As well. Yes. So yeah, it's like, and you don't get that for the first two hours or so, but okay. then it becomes mm. that you're kind of, yeah, you're talking to people, you're trying to work out what's happened here. I just did a, a little bit of like examining of a corpse so you can kind of guess what the, it's a murder mystery. I yeah, I was going to say, it's in the trailer. I think yeah. it's fair to say what um, the inciting incident Yeah, is. I just like, so that's the choice I made that morning. It's like, do I go talk to these three like suspects or people that might have information mm. or do I, go, do I go examine the corpse because I kind of got a bit of information that if I don't do this now, maybe I won't get the chance to ever do it. Right. So yeah. it has kind of got like a little bit of that Disco Elysium stuff to it. It's like, you should go do this now. Um, it, it sounds I'm, like you're in for a good story because I'm the the director of the game is Josh Sawyer, and yeah, he yeah. is the dude who um, directed and lead designed Fallout New Vegas, which yeah. you know people always say that's that is obs- the best like, Fallout. So Obsidian are great at that, and like it's good that mm. they've kind of been given the chance to make this. Like it's obviously very much a passion project for him, mm. and yeah, it is unique. And I, I I will I will persevere with it. I'm not blown away by it yet but i'm definitely intrigued and like just i i can't play it too much i played it like an hour ago because like i said there's no voice acting it is a lot of reading um but there's never like extensive chance there's lots of short conversations yeah yeah but yeah i think it's just worth checking out if you have game pass 
when you mm. play games with no voice actors, do you read out loud with unique voices? When you no, when I you just read it. Read like, it in my head. <laughs> but do you give people their own voices in your head? Uh, I think you kind of naturally yeah, do. It's yeah, weird yeah. if everyone has the same voice, isn't yeah. it? I just wanted to yeah. ask that. Just wanted to ask. Yeah. There we go. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, I'd, I'd check it out. Let us know what you think if you play Pentiment. Mm. IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Jesse, you've played another one of those dark pictures games. You just can't stay away from these, can you? I'm just going to say it's part of the job. I did not actively. <laughs> it's want not to part shoot. of the job to finish them all. <laughs> yeah. not, I, mean, I will say I have not finished this, and I don't think I will. But let me give you the lowdown on the Abate devil does. in me. Does. Um, I'm not. I'm not so, going to. Let honestly. me let me start this off by saying. So I played a small chunk, like 20 minutes, half an hour of this at Gamescom yeah. earlier this year, and I was kind. Of, I had a bit of promise about. I thought, oh, this could actually be doing something clever. They mentioned. You know, it's kind of almost got a little bit of resi to it. And it's the fact that there's some puzzles. There's, you know, each uh, member you're switching between almost has unique game mechanics. It felt like they were me- trying to make these dark pictures games, which are traditionally just, you know, choose your own adventures, essentially. They were trying to make them more gamified. In didn't a way, they giving adver- you more to do. Didn't they advertise to you one of the features was mounting now or something? Well, yeah, design. you can <laughs> climb and you can sprint, yeah. which for them, oh, to be fair, God. is... is yeah. But it is does feel like up. even that is not handled well. And <laughs> yeah. I can get so into that. Okay. It's, it's yeah it's unfortunately what it's come out today or yesterday and yeah. it's it's underwhelmed which is a shame because i do want these games to be good mm, definitely <laughs> yeah i mean i'm a massive fan of horror games, horror games. Yeah. Uh, that's clear but if, if you don't know what the devil in me is it's like it's the fourth game in the dark pictures anthology and it's basically like smaller scale horror games from the guys who made until dawn and this one um compared to prior entries it's a bit more based in reality, and that what and that's what initially got me a little bit hyped yeah, for it. That's the setting I want. I love my H H Holmes. Well, I mean, <laughs> that, that's the thing. Like, I I can invest more in something like this compared yeah. to the supernatural. And if you don't know who H H Holmes is, he was like America's first serial killer. He was knocking about during the nineteenth century, and he his whole deal was that he built this hotel, which is now known as like the Murder Castle. And reports at the time suggested this place was like you know a mad maze of secret passages and gas chambers, trapdoors, all this sort of nasty stuff. In reality, it wasn't obviously like that. But the game runs with that idea and opens in um, 1893. And there's like a newly wedded couple that stays at the hotel. Obviously, bad things happen. Fast forward to the modern day and you've got this TV crew that are going to make a documentary about homes and they get invited to a modern day replica of the hotel. What could bad go things wrong? Happen. Exactly. Oh, it's a replica though. You'd think you'd be safe in a replica. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's what you think. But I... The, the, the problem is, is like that initial little prologue, it, it got me quite excited because it seems sort of like I was going to get a mix of Saw and Hostel and it, it was sort of based more in reality. So I was kind of looking forward to uncovering the mystery of Holmes. But as soon as you get into the modern day setting, the game just nosedives like straight into boredom. The characters you control are so like universally boring and their personalities are like, ma- like yeah. super broad. There's one guy who is whole deal throughout the... For, for everything I've played, which is about three hours, he just really wants a cigarette. And it gets to the point where he will blindly walk into a obviously massive furnace for a packet of cigarettes. And it's not hard to guess what happens afterwards, but he's like so blinded by his single personality trait they- that it's annoying are they going for especially with like the quarry they were going for that sort of like teen horror stick of like oh silly mm. people making silly decisions like mm. you'd never go in the dark hallway sort of thing is that the vibe of this or are they trying to make it like these people are no i idiots? just I, I guess they're trying to make it a bit more 
realistic and down to earth but in that they've sort of fucked up by making everyone just super boring um and it, it continues with the problem that they've had in previous games where dialogue will feel disjointed there is going to be weird cuts in conversations there's pacing that makes people you know feel like aliens to the point where i was sitting there thinking like real people do not speak like this no. and it just mm. it takes you out of it but like and i want to be real for a sec like on all these dark picture games has any have any of the characters been good like that like i, I don't i, I can't I don't tell you a name of a single it's one a sh- right? it yeah. seems like a waste because it, it must be i don't know what it's down to because it can't be the performances because the lead in this game is jesse buckley she's mm. an oscar nominated actress <laughs> she's ridiculously good at she, acting she <laughs> like what's, from from what I from script? what I've played, it feels just like very one note. It's like your character sort of you know sort of speaks like this for the entire thing, and oh, I'm a bit pissed off. I'm a bit serious, and it's, it it feels like that throughout what I've played. I mean, you so have to, I I assume three hours in, you're only it's only just ramping up though, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm maybe three or four hours in, but the scary shit only starts to really happen three or four hours. Yeah, in, yeah that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think this is only like a six or seven hour long game at heart and that it takes too long to get anywhere interesting and all the stuff before that is still boring and the stuff after that is still boring as well. Um, And even on a technical level as well, like I had moments where a character would be running down a hallway and then they would freeze and then T-pose for the rest of the chase scene or dialogue would desync or, I mean, my biggest pet peeve is just the way the characters move. You mentioned like, oh, you know, they've got the the brand new game mechanics of being able to crouch and crawl. <laughs> but even that, it's you walk up to a space and you press A immediately, but the character has to stop, they have to crouch. And it's just, it's really uh, slow in terms of movement. It's not like, oh, I'm going to press the crouch and move there naturally. It's I like mean, all very yeah. Do you binary. think this is a problem with the game or it's a fundamentally it's a problem I, if these aren't games for you? Like, is this like more of no, a casual, I, like, person? Like, if, if you just had some friends around who don't play games, like, let's play through this, choose your own adventure. Like, no, like, don't, don't get me wrong. Me and my partner are having a laugh at, like, you know, the stupid decisions you can make and stuff like that. But I think it's gotten to the point where they're not really advancing their own tech. This was fine and new back when Until Dawn and The Walking Dead happened, but things feel like they are getting slower when mm. it comes to these games. And that even uh, translates to the gameplay as well. You're constantly getting stuck in boring environmental puzzles where it's like push that crate here climb on the crate then you can kick a ladder down then climb back down push the crate over there then you can climb up here and it's just like there's so much busy work to get to any scares it sounds like they've got a lot of good ideas i think they just need to find a way of bringing it together like they've they've got they've kind of it's a weird thing they've kind of carved out this niche of like choose your own horror games (laughs) yeah that no one else really does, but also yeah. not really mastered it themselves. Like I feel like if another studio wanted, they could kind of do a better version but of I this. Think, like, and they've, they've got all these cool different ideas and stuff, but it just doesn't really mesh. And there's just like some baffling decisions too. There's one character on the team who's like a lighting expert for the TV crew. So she takes out an old school like light meter, you know, like the analog one that ticks when hmm. she's solving a fuse box puzzle. But she takes it out, but it doesn't do anything. You, you don't interact with the light meter to solve the puzzle. You're just flipping switches and reading the instructions on the fuse box, it's, the fuse box itself. Like, the way they've tried to make every character unique, like, this character has a flashlight. Mm-hmm. This character has a lighter. It's like, what are we doing? It, it, yeah. it just doesn't feel good. Also, there's, like, this... this- uh, idea of okay we're going to make another one of these games but this time we're adding like survival horror elements 
is that what anyone wants from these games? Because I feel like it's not. I feel like, like you said, Gary, I feel like this is a very different experience for a different audience. And what I'd rather them just completely narrow down and focus on is the dialogue and the choices and the telling yeah. of the story. I think the biggest yeah. problem these games have is it's so easy for the player to ruin the story, to, yeah. to, to, to make them choose crappy dialogue or things that don't mesh and flow. And it just, then you can't get into the character. Yes, focus on your writing. It's saying that like, Telltale, like you know, not all their games were really good. I thought, mm. uh, like, about half of them were really good. Like, mm. they did that really well because the writing was good, the performances yeah. were good. They had a distinct art style, whereas these, they're kind of going for realistic. That doesn't, you know, it's that uncanny valley, and just like I don't know, the there's, writing's not too strong. There's definitely like, a lot of like uncanny valley stuff, especially in the prologue, where I thought that the the newlywed couple were the bad guys because they'll make a mad <laughs> facial expression. I thought they were gonna. Uh, you know attack the hotel owner at one point or something it's just it just doesn't feel right like the tech yeah. was good and then until dawn and i feel like we've just regressed i think somehow. it's inherently part of the problem with the choices right i i, I felt on these games for a while that they they're a bit too wide on their choice spectrum like yeah i don't want to be choosing the the i know you have to to keep it yeah the players active mm. but all the minor like incremental like dialogue sections i don't think that's necessary i want to choose whether someone goes down this hallway or down this hallway yeah or whether they save this person or this person and, and i understand and, and, that the whole process needs active engagement so you're always going to yeah. throw up options but i think that inherently how many times have we played these games when someone's got like an insane attitude with another character and then you make them say one thing and then they're best mates and then then you make them say nothing and they hate each other yeah, again no, and and that's, like, that, that happens in this game as well but even to the point where it's like oh i'm gonna choose this dialogue because i think it sounds right and it, you know it's probably the polite thing to do and then what you see on the text is yeah, completely yeah. different to what they say and what their tone is and i was like oh i just fucked up the relationship somehow <laughs> because that's what the game was suggesting i choose it's like yeah. i don't well, know Let's see. Hopefully they'll they'll get it right in the future because they're not slowing down. They've announced the next one. I don't know if they've officially announced it, but uh, I think it's a tease at the end. Of this one, the next one is all a sci-fi horror. Um, I so am worried about for that one. Dark Pictures <laughs> season two. I'm, I'm, I've we'll got see. to the point with them, honestly, where the Dark Pictures don't interest me. But the I did quite like the Quarry, and I did like Until Dawn. So yeah. I'm interested to see the next big one that they release. Not necessarily the Dark Pictures, though. Yeah, yeah, there for we sure. Go. Hmm. Interesting. Do you know what else is interesting? The Endless Search. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos We got the games gonna play for you Inside, I got a question for you Hold tight the DJ, we're coming through Yeah, yeah, and ones and twos We got the games gonna play for you Inside, I got a question for you Is it in the search? 
couple of weeks ago, I did ask people to send in endless searches because they were drying up a little bit. We did get a couple sent in, and I'm going to be playing one of them with Jesse and Dale here today. <sighs> this one is from Mike Hyam, who says, Hi all. A couple of weeks ago, you asked for more endless searches. I sent this one in about a year ago, but you never used it. Fuck. Utter bastards. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mike. We're doing it now. Uh, anyway, I updated it with some newer games, as you might not, as you might have thought it was a bit out of date before. So the game is, you get up to five. This this one may favour Dale. I'm going to say no, this now, no. Jesse, just so you know. Your five favourite football games. Go. <laughs> it's not quite that, but it's another one of Dale's passions. You get up to five clues in the form of PlayStation trophy names okay, <laughs> and descriptions from which you have to guess the game they're from. Less clues equals more points. So from the first clue, you get five points. If you get it on the fifth clue, you get one point. Okay, so uh, it's just PlayStation Mike trophies, says, though, so it could be exclusives. Yeah, it could be anything, couldn't it? Uh, Mike says, looking forward to the London live show. Respect the Thames. There we go. We'll see you there, Mike. Um, We might not play this live, but, you know, you can't expect everything from us, even if it's... I'm going to sound like a real idiot now, but I'm going to ask this question. The Thames is is connected to the sea, right? I mean, most all rivers are, like, you know, by rivers or or tributaries. I I don't, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I said I was going to sound like an idiot. I just wanted to go for it. So technically, we can respect, we can Mate, respect the sea when Google we're there. For, for things like this. Yeah, there is. Stop you sounding like for it, I thought it'd be fun. Yeah, well, there we go. We got to it. <laughs> right. Here's the first game and the first trophy uh, in that game. So you get five points if you get on the first one. Uh, just let me put... Uh, I've got... Uh, Mike did this in a lovely spreadsheet, so it's nice oh, and easy. Always wow, Mike. Professional. Love it. Legendary. Right, so here we go. The first one. The trophy is called Here Kitty Kitty. And the description of that trophy is Scare the Cat Hiding from a Party. Wait, are we, are we supposed to be guessing whether it's true or false or a game or what? No, a game. You have to guess what uh, game these trophies are from. So, so, so the trophy so again, is called Here Kitty Kitty. And the description of that trophy is Scare the Cat Hiding from a Party. I was going to say Stray, but there's not another cat in it, is there? <laughs> There's oh wait, no shit, there is, of course there is. Fuck. I don't, think, I don't think it's that. <laughs> that would be, if that was the first clue, that would be very, for yeah, five yeah. points. I mean, yeah. That one. You can say it if you want, though, it might be. I mean, it's not, is it? Um, I mean, you don't know. Can we just, have, it, can we just have a guess per round? Is that the idea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to say Uncharted 4. It's not Uncharted 4. Uh, what are you going for, Jesse? <laughs> Heavy Rain. No, I I really wanted you to say stray just so I could call you an idiot. (laughs) Uh, Right, the next one. So this is for four points. The trophy is called Channel Surfer. Oh. And the description is spend some time surfing the waves. Mm. Oh, is it it Crash Bandicoot? Uh, The most recent. Oh, wait, no. The trilogy one, I think. Crash Bandicoot 4. It's it's Crash Bandicoot 4. Oh, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) I remember that trophy. It's the TV at the start of the island. You're a hill man, Dale. You're a hill man. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give that to Dale, I'm sure. Yeah, come on. Uh, Because he he had that. Um, I know exactly where it is. You got the name wrong. I just couldn't remember which game it was. Absolutely ill. Um, you get the platform. So also, Crash girl. Bandicoot 4, it's about time. So that's the full name. You didn't say that. I said yeah. that. Did you? Yeah, I did. Listen oh, back bastard. to the audio, mate. Come All on. Right, I trust you. I don't <laughs> care that much. Oh, I love this spreadsheet. <laughs> I put in the score for you and it updates the total. That's it. Wow. Side, so there we go. This is great. Uh, Dale will win this because he is an ill man. <laughs> Only for <laughs> games that I've done, played. Though. Yeah, but mate, you've done them all. <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> okay. 
Right, here we go. Game two for five points. This trophy is called a small carbon footprint. Okay. And the description is take 14,000 steps or fewer in one playthrough. Oh, um, Resident Evil 2. That's the one. Jesse didn't get it. Jesse didn't get it. Fuck, I knew that. That's the one where I thought Jesse would... uh, that's yeah, but it's a very it. unique trophy that. Yes. Like, yeah, that's what you remember. I remember and it coming also up. Ill. Um I wouldn't get any of these. <laughs> there's da, da, da. You know, there's a couple of later games. I wouldn't have got any of those first two though. Um Right. Game three for five points. I think you'll get this one's first up. <laughs> I think this one may be too easy for Dale, I'm sorry, Mike. Uh it's called the Johnny Experience. Okay, and Cyberpunk. You've gone too early. You could have had the description. <laughs> Didn't need it, mate. Cyberpunk um, 2077. <laughs> it's not. Oh, shit. Okay, I thought it was it. <laughs> the description is witness all Johnny-related oh, incidents. Bastard. You have to wait now. You have to wait. <gasps> see if Jesse's Johnny-related incidents. Oh, mate, you should know this as well. <laughs> I, I think I played this last year. <laughs> you I don't know about that shit, but you've played My, it. I uh, don't know if you played it last year. I don't know. I don't know when you played it, if you did play it. Is it Final Fantasy VII Remake? It is. Bastard. Dale, you're too eager <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, Trying to show off. <laughs> <laughs> That's 9-4 to Jesse with two to play. But I think I think Dale still might get it. Who but knows? Does Johnny Is Johnny in the original game as well? Does he appear no. in the... No. No, I don't think so. Um, it might be it's like a psycho I can't remember yeah okay game four for five points the trophy is called Snackosaurus and the description is now look who's extinct hmm that's that's a difficult one can we have you got like a description for it that was it now (laughs) look who's extinct (laughs) Uh, (laughs) oh my god uh, so immediately I'm going to Crash Bandicoot again, but I know it's not that. Oh, no. Mm. I'm going to say Ratchet and Clank. No. Snackosaurus. Now look who's extinct. <laughs> Little Big Plant. No, Sack no. Boys Adventure. Is that it? No, no, okay. no, no. Okay, for four points. Bug-sized re- relaxation. And the description is, release that tension at the root level. Um, these it all takes place- two. Yeah, it is it takes two? Oh, yeah. I guess just for clarity, these are all PlayStation ones, right? They're PlayStation trophies. Mm, yeah. yeah, okay. That's thirteen four to Jesse. That means he's one. Fucking hell! Uh, <laughs> I know, Dale's. That. I think Dale's arrogance. Well, it's that Resident yeah, Evil one. Last, Screw me it's over. It's the Final <laughs> Fantasy one, mate. Yeah. Where you, you yeah, but the Resident Evil one. Early. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Unbelievable. Fucked right. Up. This. This. I'm gonna swap around. A couple on this last one because I think the first clue is is too simple. Okay, so I'm gonna go for five points. This trophy is called Enchanted. Slot an enchantment into your armor. God of War. It is God of War. Yeah, yeah. the original first one was <laughs> Defend Your Home from the Stranger. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. would have got. But there we go. I enjoy the game. We just need to make it harder for these two. Is what we've learned yeah. here. There's no Resident Evil. I think I think the what makes it the easy is like the description part. So mm. I wonder if there's like um, a system where you ne- just say the name of it and then you get like a less Maybe. points for the description. Google Google Translate the name of the trophies a few times. Oh, we haven't done the Google oh. Translate one in a while. I'm gonna have to get back to that. That's good fun. <laughs> Translating like the name of a film five times or whatever. That's always good. <laughs> yeah. Right. 
Thank you, as always, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com if you want to send in feedback or indeed any emails about anything like some of these people did. Who's first, Dale? Oh, sorry. I just was burping a bit there. And my no, mouth is it that uh, Miles 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 repeating on me. <laughs> uh, this is from Stephen Reynolds. He says, hey, UK IGN crew. Firstly, I agree with almost all your comments about Sonic Frontier. However, despite its failings, I enjoyed it. I've been thinking about your call out asking listeners what they like about it, perhaps to better understand why the reaction is polarising. I have a theory, I think. I theorise that Sonic falls into the same camp as Pokemon, in that the video game portion of the IP is tightly locked in a sing- to a single developer on their own journey, Sonic Team and the Game Freak, re- uh, sorry, and Game Freak respectively. Many comparisons can be drawn between Sonic Frontiers and Pokemon Legends. Arce- is it Arceus? Or yeah. Arceus? Well, anyway. I think it's Arceus. Arceus was equally criticised for both e- for each bland open. Sorry, Arceus was equally criticised for each bland open worlds, etc. However, is rated on Metacritic at eighty percent. Both games start to deliver what the fan base want to see, just through the lens of the limited developer. Given there's seemingly no cha- chance of a developer changing, fans of the IP are willing to accept the game's shortcomings, even if they are on the least the right path. Sonic Frontier is an open world Sonic game where you only play a Sonic and that's enough for me, given it's Sonic Team. Who would make a truly great Sonic game? Obvious choice would be to give it give a criterion a shot. <laughs> give criterion a shot. What? Sonic Burnout. Uh, anything burnout I'd take at this point to be honest yeah um, just, honestly, who could make like, a good a... Sonic game what a good question give it to Nintendo at this point like, uh, they make good free... that's not gonna happen is it <laughs> they make good 3D Mario games and I was having this thought like I've played a lot of good yeah, 3D Mario games I want Mario them to make more of them I don't <laughs> <Yeah>. want the... <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to play a good Sonic game but the only good Sonic games are apparently the 2D ones and I'm not a fan of 2D platformers so I don't know where to start well, when it for comes me, to Sonic for me it's about speed right yes so Mm. It's software. <laughs> just give it like, to a team that do do good 2D platformers. I don't know, yeah. like Yacht Club who do Shovel Knight. Like, give it to them or someone like that. Super like, massive. Go Let's go. And also, do we, I don't like this sort of like just because Sonic. Well, we accept Sonic Team are going to make subpar versions of the game all the time. Yeah, like they could. I think we, the, the, the points we made last week, and you said you agreed with them, is the fact that Frontier is so close on paper to being a good game. It's just yeah, missing it's just, out on it's just certain tweaks and ideas. There's no reason why they couldn't do it. They that just is made the wrong choice. Because like, yeah, if it was fundamentally that game, but with what you usually expect from like a Nintendo level of polish, yeah, yeah. like then yeah, you would have a good game there. I would say hire better level designers or uh, le- or, or, or environmental artists, people who or like te- or technicians, yeah, <laughs> or directors or sound <laughs> no. engineers. Hire a new team, yeah. No, yeah. but people who can sort of. Uh, create don't do uh, insider trading create Uh, yeah create an interesting world to to be to go fast in because the go fast element was there but the things wrapping it weren't yeah Yeah. 100 Mm -hmm. there we go that's what we think of more more sonic i haven't touched it since we uh (laughs) no i've deleted it yeah it's it's off the drive (laughs) (laughs) do you know what it it, it, gotta go fast off that hard drive (laughs) Oh dear. It's not that bad. It's, yeah, it but I'm just never going to play it ever again. And exactly. Yeah. I don't have time for yeah. good games, let alone mediocre mm-hmm. ones. I've got an email here from Ian Smith who says, Afternoon all. Long time listener writing in with a couple of questions. As someone in their mid 30s, what's that like, Dale? What was that like for you? Oh, I remember those years ago. Yeah, it was beautiful. Yeah. Sounds yeah. right. Uh, yeah. No, actually, it was all right, to be fair. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> yeah, it was good times. Good times. Yeah. You met me. 30s uh, right. is a great time. 
It's the forties. I'm not looking forward to. Uh, You're still young at heart. Uh, Thanks for saying that heart at the end. I really appreciate that. As someone in their mid-30s, it is a complete nightmare to arrange any sort of online gaming with friends due to life, partners, kids, etc. All placing significant demands on our time, but every so often the boys and I manage to arrange a night planned weeks, if not months in advance, (laughs) where we are all free for a Destiny 2 raid. As you probably know, these raids take hours, and off my energy levels will take a dip, and I'll need some sustenance to keep going. It's just sounding like an ad. Like he's building up to (laughs) product placement. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> for Mars Bar. No. Uh, <laughs> right. Thankfully, my kind fiance has taken to giving me a wee can of peaches <laughs> midway through. I was not expecting that. <laughs> I've never asked for a can of peaches. It's not something we really eat. But for some reason, it is now the go-to gaming snack when playing <laughs> Destiny. What? Now the boys do not like this. They say that slurping down a can of peaches mid-game is the act of an <laughs> ill man. I mean, that's hard to, yeah. to deny, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, and that I need to find something else to chomp to keep up my spirits when we've been stuck on an encounter for an hour. Therefore, my question for you is, do you agree with me that a can of Del Monte peaches <laughs> gobbed in the heat of battle is a fun, is a fine method of keeping up your vitality? Or do you agree with my mates that I need help? Yeah, that. Let's, let's combat that first one. <laughs> I don't know if you need help. I would say, as someone who doesn't like the sound of people eating or like chewing, mm-hmm. hearing someone slurp on a can of peaches over a headset would do my head in, I think. I think help is, I, I would use help in the context of, um, you need pointing in the right direction. Uh, choose a different snack because it's weird yeah or at least just like pour those peaches into a bowl or something and use like a spoon and a fork or something you yeah. have to like do it straight out of the can it's the I, slurping that word i would hate the most yeah. i don't want to hear someone slurping yeah as, as long as as long as you're muting your microphone so you don't interrupt anyone and make anyone uncomfortable i personally <laughs> think del monte peaches are completely fine to eat I used to have them session. a lot as a kid. I haven't had them in a long time, but when yeah, I was a kid, I'm sure I, I liked some peach slices and like maybe a little bit of cream or something. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice treat. Second part of Ian's question though is, what is the best gaming snack? And don't you dare say a bounty. Yeah. It's it's not. I, <laughs> no, it's it's never going to be chocolate no, or anything. I like agree. That for me. Well, I I don't really food, snack. I think I don't yeah. really. You know. I don't really do Honestly, quotes, for, for me, it would be know. like, this is just the perfect time for me to snack on some grapes. I'm not getting my fingers dirty and stuff, and it's a bit of fruit. <laughs> I love you freezing your grapes? I do like freezing my grapes, yes. <laughs> it does feel like <laughs> the thing that I want to eat things that are not going to leave any sort of mess or residue on my fingers. Game so, just... No, no, like sweet, like sweets, uh, fine, like little picky sweets, like yeah, fruit pastel or something. Like a Worthers Haribos. or something? Yeah, Haribo, Haribo's a good shout, yeah. That's fine. Wine gums are good. Yeah. Um, fruit pastels, although a little bits of sugar can. You don't uh, want crisps because your fingers will get yeah, all sticky great. and horrible. I just me. don't really, I'm not really a snacker. I have meal, I have like, you know, yeah. fish and chips. meals a day. And don't, we're not getting into this. Don't. don't you dare start on fish and chips. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm not having chocolate while I'm, I'm playing games. Is it um, Jesse? I normally have a drink. <sighs> we're not doing oh, calm down. You've, you've, no, calm down. You're taking the bait. It's day. not about the fish and chips. It's not about the fish and chips. It's the fact that you bring it on yourself all the time. Yeah. Bring your reaction up. that cracks me up. I see the life drain out. It's funny. Uh, Just it's, no, it's not life, mate. It's anger that's dr- that's fueling. <laughs> um, Fish and chips is a meal. I, I've <laughs> said it for us again. I've been getting into them again recently. You don't want to have a tangerine while you're playing. Oh, you that's stop a lot going of work. About tangerine. <laughs> that's a lot of work peeling Pears all that pith. Pe- they're my like least favorite. I can't I can't stand yeah. a pear. Pears are a bit oh. dull, aren't they? Yeah. 
doll. Yeah. Do you remember in, yeah. uh, this is just a random detail, but in Always Sunny when Charlie has a pair for the first time and he eats the whole <laughs> yeah. core and the sticker and everything. That was, that was a good scene. It's part of it. <laughs> there we go. Um, but yeah, get get help with the peaches. Ian, I, I think it's fine. There I we go. Uh, we've got one more email. Who's that from, Jesse? This is from Josh Gallimore. He says, Hey all, I was up for a dumb, easy film tonight, so I put on The Suicide Squad 2021 and was reminded of how jarringly shit <laughs> one of the music choices is. There's a love scene with Harley Quinn and Presidente Luna where she says, You're so friggin' hot, and then they start to get it on. <laughs> but then, out of fucking nowhere, Whistle for the Choir by the Fitzgerald's <laughs> comes on. I get that the lyrics are sort of pertinent, but the song doesn't fit at all, and there's absolutely nothing sexy about a song that has whistle in it. <laughs> That's a good Fair enough. Anyway, I'm sure. I'm sure you see where this is going. What films do you know that have equally bizarre music choices in them? Cheers, Josh. Josh Gallimore from London, buzzing for the live show in a couple yes, of weeks. Josh. Josh. Kind. Yes, Josh. Um, you I, don't know the Fratellis, are do you, Jesse? I don't think I've ever listened to them. I think you would have heard this song though, just through like just you know being in the world I've, ten years ago. <laughs> in the, existing. I mean, <laughs> I have watched. And, the they film. came and went. Yeah. Um, um, I can't I, think I, of films. I can think of games. Ooh, I can a think recent of, example. I can think of some f- Is it The Quarry? No, it's Gotham Knights. Yes, Gotham Knights is the worst it. offender. <laughs> what song was it again, think of, Dale? Well, it, There's Living Davida Loca. Yeah, that's it's, it, yeah. Living, it's a cover of Davida Loca, like a pop so punk shit. version of it, I think. Yeah, just yeah. dreadful. I know one film. It's actually a very good film. Um, it's uh, Michael Mann's Manhunter, which okay. is like Hannibal Lecter. It's like the like original Red Dragon adaptation. Really good film. Really like dark, like gritty, like horrible film. Like ends with this really like nasty like confrontation, but then it ends with a beach scene. I think it's a beach or is it a garden? I can't remember now. It's been a couple of years, and out of nowhere, this film was made in nineteen eighty six. They play Heartbeat by Red Seven, which is a song okay. probably no one even knows. No, I don't know. But it's just a re- really no, weird, like, soft rock pop, like, romantic song at the end of this film, and it doesn't <laughs> work at all. I'll play it at the end of this podcast, just so people can kind of get in their heads. Imagine, like, you know, you got Hannibal Lecter, you got Red Dragon, like, popping off, horrible mm. stuff. And then out of nowhere, the film just ends with this. And you're just like, what? what's going on here? I respect Michael Mann to the end of the earth. He's incredible. I don't know what he was thinking about <laughs> at the end credits of this film. This this sort of ties into this very loosely, but like early 2000 like Disney films would have like great songs that you would always remember. But at the end, they would have like R&B versions of those songs. I was never into that. I don't can, re- can you give us an example? Oh, shit. I'm pretty sure... I feel like Hunchback of Notre Dame had one and like a few others. There were like big Disney films had like R&B versions of like main themes at the end in the credits at some point by like a big artist and it was just always shite. You have to dig one out, send it to us. Um, This is not the question he asked, but it reminded me of something. I really hate when when (laughs) songs are so on the nose about the subject matter. Um, You know, when it's almost exactly like Unless oh, it's a musical. Uh, have you but been watching like, yeah. Love is Blind? <laughs> no, I haven't, actually. I need to watch it. Uh, but, the, um, but like, if they're talking about someone being in love and the song is, like, in love or something. Like, the, the one that I can't <laughs> yeah. think... The one that example that always comes to mind in this was in Netflix, Marvel... What was it called? Oh, my God, what was it? 
Well, the is Netflix the Marvel character, not Daredevil, not Iron Fist. Luke Cage. Jessica Luke Cage. Jones. Luke Cage. One of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, in Luke Cage, there was a bit with uh, Cottonmouth, who was the son of a preacher. And so there was a scene <laughs> where the play oh, goes, son of a preacher, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just, like, yeah, I think on the nose like that, it's, it's not artistic, it's not clever. It's just the first thing you thought of. I would, I like, I want, you want something that sets the tone. Yeah. And uh, not that something that outright just has the lyrics that reference <laughs> it. <laughs> Do you know what was banging? Lady Gargoyle's uh, Hold Your Hand at the end of Top Gun Maverick. Oh, that's how you end a film. Um, but we are going to listen to uh, Heartbeat by Red Seven. Not Heartbeat by, um, is it Don? Is it Don John? The one that's in uh, GTA 5? Oh, oh I, I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's not that Heartbeat. Da, 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 um, I wish it was. Da, da. That would still be weird, but it'd be better than it's a Red Seven's song. Heartbeat. Um, but there we go. Enjoy that. Remember, live show in a couple of weeks. IGN on school. You can be back at IGN.com if you want to send in any emails. About chocolate. And we'll be. Um, yeah, enjoy yourself a good chocolate bar. Uh, Not yeah. Mars. Everyone, if you come into the live show, feel free to bring Mars bars for Jesse. He's going <laughs> to yeah. love it. I mean, yeah, I can, I can give them away. This is his plan all along. He loves Mars bars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mars bars. Uh, right. Here's some Red 7. I feel like Alan Partridge. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Bye. to try to find ways to find peace and art and love and connection in the midst of the chaos of life. So that's life writing. I am so excited to have comic and daily show correspondent Roy Wood Jr. Well, hello. That joke was birthed from my trip to the African-American Smithsonian in DC, which that was the first time I saw something where, all right, on this floor, it's nothing but good news. Mm. We've gone through slavery, we've gone through desegregation and emancipation proclamation and reconstruction but on this floor beyonce michael jordan Issa ray thank you for coming <laughs> come and join us on life writing for more stories like these and the tools writers need to make yourself the hero or heroine of the adventure of your life life writing is available wherever you get your podcasts